Ladies and gentlemen, if I may have your attention, we want to get the, uh, I know you're just enjoying cake being served. Uh, we want to get this going tonight. We've already had an opportunity to hear from some different folks, and I think you get a sense of what this evening is all about. And with these characters, Castro Nevis and Canaan, and we think back over the years and all the enjoyment that they've provided for us, this is a, a very special occasion, no question. My name is Gary Gerald. I've had the privilege of being involved in, thank you, network television for almost 40 years, and I kind of pulled the plug on the racing business about a year and a half ago, and have slowed things down a bit in my life. Uh, I still am active in the NBA with the Sacramento Kings. That's my other day job for 32 seasons and going strong, hopefully. But that's neither here nor there. Of the nearly 40 years in television, 25 of those years were spent with you IndyCar people. And even though I've had opportunities over the years to do virtually every kind of sport imaginable, including sumo wrestling, if you will, uh, I've always had a really dear spot in my heart for motorsports and for this IndyCar family. Uh, over the years, you get to meet so many marvelous, marvelous people. And I'm not talking just drivers and owners, crew members, media, hospitality folks, and great racing fans around the world. And I've been blessed with the opportunity to follow the IndyCars, not only at places like Indianapolis and Elkhart Lake and Long Beach, but around the world, in Australia, in South America, in Japan, in Germany, in England, in Mexico, in Canada, as well as here in the United States. And it's with a great deal of fondness that I recall those particular times. But tonight is about two guys who have just they just put a smile on your face, don't they? It doesn't make any difference what they're doing, what they're talking about. This is going to be a low-key night. We just want to reminisce. We want to tell some stories. We want to get to know these characters maybe a little bit better, if that can be possible, over the next hour. We appreciate your support. We appreciate the fact that you're here tonight, and I think you'll enjoy an opportunity to get to better know Elio Castroneves and Tony Canaan. I was asked to think about my first acquaintance with these guys, and it was in the Indy Lights campaign. They came to Columbus, Ohio to team up with Steve Horn and the Tasman Motorsports team, and a couple of kids from South America in the, the wintry climate of Columbus, Ohio. How do you think that worked out? Well, I'm sure that that's an avenue that we'll want to explore a little bit tonight. With Tony Canaan, I was always impressed with a number of things. He's so outgoing, he seemingly has so much fun and no matter what it is he wants to do, he's loaded with charisma, he has a remarkable zest for life, and the thing I think impressed me the most was the fact that he was so driven at such a young age to want to succeed, to be a legitimate contender in open wheel racing in this country. And for whatever reason, that always stuck with me. And of course, it didn't take long. He won an Indy Lights championship, I think it was in 97, that first uh, year, or maybe the second year that he was driving for Steve Horn. And then, of course, he stepped up to the IndyCar ranks. And the next year, he got his first win at the Michigan 500, of all places. 
And when I think of the Michigan 500, there are so many flashbacks, and I see Chip Ganassi there, and I still vividly in my mind see him cartwheeling down the backstretch out of turn two, and how in the world you ever survived that particular ride and are still here tonight enjoying the success that you and your team has done is way beyond my pay grade. That was sensational. But to see Tony now driving with Chip and you know the numbers. I mean, we've seen the 17 wins, the fact that he won at Indianapolis, the fact that he won a national championship. Let's take a look at some video here. And for the next two minutes, just a kind of a quick summation of some of the highlights of Tony Kanaan. Race fans, here's P.K. Tony Kanaan! Tony Kanaan, his teammate, Vitor Mir, tries to slip to the low side. Can he get it done? No! It's Tony Kanaan at the line. Here comes career win number seven for Tony Kanaan at oh, well Milwaukee. Done, what a great drive, great pitch up, great For the second year in a row at the Milwaukee Mile, Tony Kanan will drive into victory lane. Here he comes around to take the checkered flag for the 13th time in his career. Tony Kanan, your winner. Tony Kanan wins the Iowa Corn Indy 250 presented by Pioneer. I love the sport. I love to be in shape. Um, it, it helps me in the race car. I wake up every day trying to get my body in the best shape I can be. Tony Kanaan has won the championship. TK has done it. He is the 2004 IndyCar Series champion. Here we go. Green flag waving. Tony Kanaan has the lead. Tony Kanaan, the 12th time is the charm at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. What a finish as Tony Kanaan is your new champion. We're getting old, huh? We are. That's okay. We're getting better. When are you going to retire? You know, uh, it's a tough question. Do I think about it? Yes. I'm still enjoying it. So when people ask me when, it's the time that I stop enjoying it. And then I can tell you that I will stop enjoying it if I feel I'm not fast enough. If I feel that I'm not competitive enough. And that'll be the day. And that day is not even close. Great memories that video collage right there. And one of the amazing stats that goes along with it, you saw him involved in the triathlons as an Ironman. He is working on a streak that dates back to, I believe, June of 2001. 267 consecutive IndyCar events that that man has driven in going into qualifying tomorrow night here on the mile at Phoenix International Raceway. As for this other character down here, Elio, I, I, I look at him and I, I see that same drive. I look back in those early years, I saw that same zest for life. I saw the same charisma that could absolutely light up a room. I vividly recall his first IndyCar win, Belle Isle, Detroit. He gets the checkered flags, he parks the car, but instead of going to the designated winner's area, 
he steps out of the cockpit and he's off and sprinting. And myself and my collective TV crew with camera and cables and one thing or another are racing after him, trying to figure out what the hell is this guy doing? Where is he going? What is he up to? And of course, as we all know, it was the first time to climb a fence in tribute to victory. And he establishes a tradition that's now been done 29 times since. Let's take a look at some video highlights from Elio's career. Jumping. Jumping out of the car. Where's he going? And Elio Castro Neves climbs the fence in the front straight. Castro Neves will be a very popular champion. Now, when I was a young boy, at the age of five, my mother found a bee, the greatest man alive. Yeah, baby, yes! Castro Neves now only two quarters away from his first victory. And wins at Texas, his 16th career win. This is what I love to do. Hopefully it'll keep going. Still going. I know people sometimes call me old man. It's fine. It's okay. You know what? Old man still kicking young guys uh, butt, so uh, let's keep moving. Elio Castro Neves leads the final 51 laps and wins the 85th Indianapolis 500 mile race. The old Penske crew's getting up on the fence. He's done it. Elio Castro Neves wins the 86th Indianapolis 500. They're legends, no question about it. Tony, please come up. Elio, please come up. We have microphones for them, I trust. They're on the lapel. Oh, you guys oh, yeah. get lapel mics. My goodness, isn't that fancy? That's right. All right, take a seat. You here? This is, no, this is no pain tonight. This is just fun. Oh, it's funny you're talking about the climb defense, and um, it's actually a true story. Um, Isn't this great? I don't even have to ask a question. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> funny. Actually, he has not asked a question I know, yet. no, but I just want to follow up on that because um, I was a little lost. You know, I was supposed to go to the pits in Detroit when I won, and um, I, I was obviously excited, as you guys see. I'm not too excited when I you know, when I'm going out there. But, and then all of a sudden I was like celebrating, yeah, yeah, and I actually looking for you because normally you're waiting, you know, to do the interview. I was like, where is that old man? I mean, I'm looking for that old man. Where is, the, where is he at? And I was old then? Well, <laughs> and then I realized that I have to do something different and uh, that's why I ended up climbing the fence. So. Did that really, was that a spur of the moment thing? Yeah, no, I was, uh, I'm dead serious. I, I was waiting for the TV crew waiting for the team, and all of a sudden I realized that I, I did the wrong thing. I was supposed to go to the pits, because I remember the driver's meeting, 
and my fellow drivers here know that I sometimes... You always ask 400 questions. I, I don't pay attention very well. Still so, didn't pay uh, attention. <laughs> and obviously that was one of those things. And I, uh, um, I looked at the crowd. The crowd was going crazy. And I said, you know what, let me just go over there and, and cover for the mistake that I did. It turned out to be a great way to celebration. So it was cool. Let's talk a little bit about how this friendship came about. South America, teenagers, you competed in carts, one thing or another. What, what, what was the genesis of this friendship, and did you have any inkling in those early years that you might be buddies and competitors for years and years to come? You know, We're not buddies. Yeah, no, not at You're all. Not buddies. It, this is acting only. Oh, okay. Um, uh, it's just for IndyCar to promote. Uh, they needed to do something, so yeah. we just... <laughs> No, the funny thing is when I, uh, I'm from uh, actually... Uh, He's a hillbilly. A hillbilly, yes, thank you. A redneck, you know, from Brazil. And uh, Tony is the city boy, but he was already racing. So when I actually went to Sao Paulo to start racing, which is 1987, so uh, I, I have obviously don't know anybody and start driving. And, uh, and as I'm coming back to the, you know, different races, and all of a sudden, uh, unfortunately, you know, uh, uh, Tony's dad passed away, and my dad bumped into him and said, hey, uh, listen. And I remember vividly uh, my dad talking to him. And I it was actually, we met <clears throat> the day that the, my dad passed. My dad passed on a Thursday night, and his wish before he passed, he actually had asked me not to give up racing. So I had a race that weekend. So Friday morning, I woke up, and I went to the track. And his dad was the first guy to come talk to me and, you know, to say that he was sorry, and, and obviously... We met then, and we became whatever we want to call friends, <laughs> brothers. We love and hate each other at times. And, uh, and from that time, you know, because I knew that he was already racing, and he was already reading, and I'm like, man, I want to be friends with him. I was just guy. cool. Yeah, you were cool, actually. <laughs> and uh, he's still with the big nose, but he's still cool. But um, doesn't matter. I told you. You Back did. Then, you, did you, you said did. you're prettier than me. I said, once we win, we'll we, we be rich. It does not but, matter. But <laughs> And then after that, you know, every time I was going to Sao Paulo, you know, he's like, why don't you stay in my place? And uh, Tony, as we all know here, very friendly. Uh, and, uh, and after that, I actually was going to stay in his place and, and we became a good friend. His mom used to take us to the race and turn out to be, uh, instead of I'm leaving in Sao Paulo, still living 150 miles away, but every time of the weekend, I still go in there, just like a neighbor, you know, stay here in my house and... And that, that was actually, um, that's, the, that's where the foundation started. Tony, how did, it, how did it come about that you both ended up coming to the United States and ended up going to Columbus and Tasman Motorsports? Yeah. It was funny because obviously we raced together in go-karts and then uh, Formula Chevrolet, which was a, a series in Brazil. And then I went to Italy. Elio still spent a couple more years in Brazil. Then he went to England. So we, I said, finally, I get this guy out of my case. And <laughs> stop like... He was separable such still a parallel. hard time, yeah. And I remember at the end of 95, um, Philip Morris Brazil decided that they were going to bring uh, a Brazilian team. They wanted to build a Brazilian team in America, and they were going to do a, a test of, I think, eight to ten guys between Brazilians and Latin Americans. And actually, it was right here in Phoenix, yeah. in Firebird East. And they called me in Italy, and they said, look, the CEO of Philip Morris says, we're going to have a test. It's the best Indy Lights team, and we're going to sponsor two drivers. We're going to do a, a gong show between 10 drivers. And I said, who's coming? They said, well, Elio's coming. I'm like, come on, man. So we came. Um, I spoke zero English, not that I do better now, but 
came here. Me and Eddie, actually, I, flew, I never had been to the, to the States before. I was telling Chip that story. And then uh, we did the test, and Steve Horn, Elio actually had a broken rib at the time, which I was kind of glad at the time because he was really in pain, and he could not go fast enough. But typical Elio, I mean, I was the fastest, and even him, he only did three laps in that test, and I think he was in, in two or three tens of my lap, which impressed the hell out of Steve. And we got the job. Right? We both got the job and we both got to go live in Columbus, Ohio, which... Wow. Well, I have a story about that, by the way. Wow. There, are plenty, there are plenty of stories, yeah. but it was time to go. We went back to Brazil. We, we, we had New Year's. They finally said, Steve, pick the both of you. You guys can come back to America. I buy my ticket to Columbus, Ohio. I bought his tickets to Columbus, Georgia. And... <laughs> I landed and <laughs> Shelly was there and, and a couple of the guys went to pick us up and said, where is Elio, where is Elio? I said, I don't know, he was, Elio calls and says, well, I'm here, guys, where are you? I said, well, we're here. So basically he was. Why are you guys going to have so many, it's three Columbus, I guess, correct? Ohio, Georgia, and one more. I don't know, I came yeah, to the I, right I one, found out that day that it was three Columbus. And, uh, and that's when, it, you know, our journey uh, there started. We, uh, we had a lot of fun. It was. Uh, <laughs> How intimidating was that? Young guys coming to a different country on your own. I mean, I, we came, we already actually, I, we really had lived out of the we country. We passed that phase going through That's Europe. You know, I'm going to England. He's I was actually there. so miserable back in, in Italy. I lived in a race shop for three months, uh, three years. Elio was always the rich guy, you have to, <laughs> I have to say. You know, he had his own car. You know, he had his own house. Um, so, which happened in Columbus again. I only had a bicycle and he still had a Johnny 5. He had a studio. Was, I had a, you yeah. didn't want to buy a car, by the way. I, I did buy one. a car. It was 19, 1978, the car. It was a Toyota Corsita. And uh, the deluxe, by the way. It was yeah, deluxe. remember that seatbelt? Yeah, the seatbelt. I thought the seatbelt was going to choke me every time I sat in that car. With it was deluxe. And I, uh, when I bought it, I remember today, I bought for $1,500, which I think I paid. Rich guy. $1,500 was so much money. But I didn't want to, uh, I knew there was some noise going on. And uh, I said, something is not right. And I remember pressing the brakes and it wasn't stopping very well. So <laughs> I, I asked one of the mechanics, it's like, hey, how do I change the brakes on this car? It's no, no, shut up. You wanted to buy new brake pads. You didn't want to spend the money. So you had the brilliant idea yes. to get the used Indy Lights pads. <laughs> and we could cut it at the same shape. But it didn't work. I tried. Oh, well, it we know work. that. Yeah. So I end, up, we end up, I end up buying. He didn't help me, actually, by the way. I was I, just laughing because yeah, exactly. you were so stupid. So... <laughs> I did change the brakes on the car. True story, I did change the brakes of the car. I don't know how I didn't die, by the way. The car did stop. I, uh, I last, uh, the car <laughs> lasted for six months. And I oh, ended more up, than that. It was a year, no? Well, it was the whole season that we were there. So it's about eight months. And then I ended up sending it to one of my mechanics. And obviously, when he got it, I sold for 300 bucks. And uh, not a good investment, as you can see. Um, you want to talk about your jeans, remember? Hold on, let me finish the story first. Oh, I thought it was done. Johnny Five was dead. No, then, then when the guy finally got the car and he did have a problem with the brakes. So it must be the driver, you know, it must be the, because I never had it. And the trunk was, was uh, full of water. Anyway, the point is um, it, was, it was bad. The car was junk. So, uh, but I did have a car. 
but yeah. it wasn't like a... He was the rich guy. He would come pick me up and we'd go to the shop. And then we had a LCI as a sponsor, which was a, a phone company. And we spent the whole day on the phone calling Brazil because it was free. To <laughs> <laughs> Steve kick us out. Uh, the perks of big time auto racing. <laughs> How about the video games you guys used to play? Yeah, wasn't there a movie Oof. theater, a lobby that uh, was just short distance from the shop? I mean, I don't know how many of you are from Ohio or Columbus, Ohio, but back then, or maybe now, I'm not sure, but there was not much what to do there. There was nothing. And if so, I was being polite. And uh, so we found a place right around the corner that there was a movie theater, and they have the, the game things, and that, uh, well, so we went and watched the movie. But before we were going to watch the movie, we spent actually one or two, maybe three hours uh, yeah, more in, than that. in one of those machines. So... Uh, uh, in fact, the per diem that Steve Horn used to give it to us, <laughs> so we used to save the money. Instead of going to the McDonald's or no. something like that, we, well, it was actually not. No, it was you. Don't include me on that because I actually wanted to eat healthy. He. Oh, McDonald's. Yeah, that's, that's great. So, it's uh, a very healthy, isn't it, Chip? McDonald's is the best sponsor <laughs> we can have. Oh, okay, sorry. So, Elio, we used, to, we, we used to love when we had to go on the road for like six or seven days because it was like 25 bucks a day. So, we would get an envelope with full cool. of cash. Elio went out of the vending machine. Yes. And not with that money. He would go around the shop. You know when you have loose coins? And he would just, oh, do you have a coin? <laughs> and he would just, he would eat all weekend long out of those, you know, the coins and out of the machines. Uh, the vending machines, not to spend the money. It's all about saving. And know. we spend the money playing video games. Video Use your money wise. So anyway, so we end up actually getting the money. Um, and we then used to spend like $15, $20 on, and it was back then, it was just a quarter. So imagine, we're spending a lot Remember of Remember when you pretend that you're going to cook that freaking chicken? That <laughs> yeah, man, you're going ahead of the game here. That's... That, that's <laughs> So in the end, two machines have the records. You know, one was TK and the other one was HCN. So but they, one through ten, it wasn't like it, it was, was had, had them all, had them covered. So we blow the records. So I, I double dare you guys to go to Columbus in Dublin, Ohio, and trying to find those machines and. Turtle Crossing. That was the mall. Well, that was Remember really that? good. And now we do. Let's uh, take a look at a video clip, just a snippet here of Indy Lights action with these two for Tasman and Steve Horn. How good was that as a springboard wow. to Indy cars? Well, that was everything. It was the base. At the time, I tell you that um, it was very nerve-wracking because Steve, Steve made sure that to make us better, to keep our rivalry extremely high. So we, we, you know, we had the best cars in the series, but Steve kept pushing us, and he kept saying, you know, when we signed the contract, he looked at both of us and he says, "One of you guys are going to make to IndyCar." Only one. Yeah. And you have two year, it's a two year deal. You're going to learn the first year. And if you don't win the championship, one of you or the two of you don't win the championship in the second year, you guys are all going to go home back to Brazil to do whatever. So we're actually, we like each other, but we kind of, you know, we, we went head to head. So uh, 
It was, he made me better. I hate to say it. That's good memories. I have to say, looking that, it was great memories. Uh, uh, my first win in Trois Rivieres was really cool because, you know, it's it, going against this guy, you got to really push it. And, uh, and, uh, but in the end of the day, the same way, he made me better. And uh, it, was really, uh, it was really cool. I do remember, actually. Do you remember our outlaps? In 1997, um, we were battling for the championship, by the way. This is a true story. And uh, I have to win, and he had to finish about, I think, third or fourth. So um, one point I was winning, and he was about six, seven, so I was winning the championship. Unfortunately, yellow, whatever happens, I didn't win. So, but when we're doing the, the, celebrate, the cool down lap, I look at to his car, like going to thumbs up to him, hey, well done. And then I look at to the uh, hula hoop. Is that what you call hula Anyway, the top here. The, was, the what? The, the row cage. Yeah, something like that, yeah. You got it. We still don't <laughs> like, speak English after exactly. all these years. Every, every car that's good has got a hula hoop. I mean, we all know that. I know some hoop there. <laughs> and anyway, it was something stuck on, on, over there. I was like, what is that? Back then, we didn't have a hands device. So we used to hold those, we used to use those, those collars on the go-kart neck, you know. And, and I didn't quite understand, you know. So after everything, I was like, dude, what happened? I, mean, I saw something stuck in your, on top of your car. What was that? Well, man, I got to be honest. I said, what? When I saw you winning, I, I was desperate. I got to throw some I need some a sort yellow. Of, I need a yellow. So he took it out from his neck. But okay. the thing didn't fly off. And the thing is stuck. Freaking... I'm like, you and, cheater. And, you are no, a cheater. I never I got know, the yellow. I, I know you did, but never got the yellow. That's the guy. And I, I mean, for three laps, I'm looking around. I'm like, guys. <laughs> I, that was... He won fair square, but he did have the intention. Have I tell you that. When you made the step then from Indy Lights to Indy Cars, was it like the realization of a dream? It was cool. The first test, remember that in Firebird? We, Steve, got, okay, you too. He won the championship, but he also gave me a chance to go and test the car. And uh, till this day, I remember, we did, I think it was about 300 of a second between, I think you were faster, 300 or something like that. We were really, really close. I don't remember. And, uh, and it was actually awesome you know it was uh, it was really cool and obviously because he won the championship and was very clear whoever would take he would go there so um it so was, was really driving my car <laughs> I tony i think your your microphone slipped down there yeah that is hello cool. there you, you go. go he was already driving my car that i had signed my contract and i was mad about it again but <laughs> But it was, uh, it was it definitely, well, Indy Lights prepares to, uh, for something like that. And, uh, but I was glad I was able to find Bittenhausen and end up running uh, 98 with them. And um, we end up, again, back again, con continue uh, racing against each other. Yeah, it, was, it was special for sure. I mean, especially the, the, you know, the whole story that we had back in the days. And I remember, you know, one of the nights that we, we, always we talked about was racing, right? So in go-karts and we said, remember we said, if one day yeah. one of us make it, because we never thought the two of us were gonna make it. He says the other one is gonna hire. This is in know. his apartment, by the way, Mama's apartment, that when we are. Do, do not say, you already said it got us in trouble. One day we said we're polishing the no, helmets. No, we said, no, you said. I said polishing the helmets together. It sounds, it was a double, it wasn't No, bad. it is, it still, it wasn't, it still is. We're really polishing the so helmets. I was cleaning my helmet, my racing It came helmet. out wrong one, one interview that we had, but. Uh, 
when I used to clean uh, Helmer's 50K back in well, his, we did his bedroom, I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> but we did say that day, it was like, one day, whoever make it, you're going to carry. going to hire the other guy to be the helmet boy, whatever. And we carry had to. Uh, <laughs> Not polishing, just carrying, yeah. you know. So. <laughs> what was the learning helmet. curve like when you, when you took that step? What was the learning curve like? It was hard, you know, I think, you know, especially, uh, you know, we, we made the move. We, we were extremely lucky. Back in the day, it was, you know, it was, for some reason, we both were able to, to move up. But it was two very small teams um, searching for results. And we're like, you know, racing against big names. You know, it was our junior, Paul Tracy. Dario and, and all these guys that you just watch on TV and you're like, whoa, it's, it was intimidating, you know. For Who did sure. you turn to? I mean, did you have mentors? Were there people you looked up to that helped uh, you? Me, I mean, I had Steve Horn, you know, because he was my team owner at the time. I think he thought I did a lot, but I mean, at the time, you know, uh, I remember Zanardi, obviously, I knew Zanardi from back my days in Italy, so he, he gave me a little bit of a, an insight, and then by default, Jimmy was a, a guy that, you know, helped me out. And then we became, obviously, Dario, myself, Max, Greg. I had great, great, great friends that uh, definitely, uh, they, they, they made me feel not, I was not the new guy. But, you know, back then, in 98, the, comp the only competition I had was him. We had to go for the Rookie of the Year, and I didn't care. Um, I remember coming into the pits, actually still nowadays, uh, even when you're having a bad day, if I'm, even if I'm 19th, I know it sucks, but if he's 20th, that makes me feel a little bit better. <laughs> How about you, Alio? Who did you turn to? Well, um, you know, I remember back then uh, I went to uh, Gilles de Ferran uh, because 1995 when I was in England, that's when I met him before. In fact, Dario and I were teammates for one day, actually, if you guys don't know that. Five minutes. Five minutes. I was walking in into post-tour racing, and um, I saw Dario coming out, and uh, one of the guys said, oh, this is going to be your teammate. Well, when he was walking through, actually, he was just saying that he's going to race in DTM in, in, uh, in Germany. And uh, so basically... Um, Lucky you. Yeah, he was... Uh, he would be, you see, it could be Tony, man. See? Yeah. You see what you miss? As we all know, one of the great things of... Uh, but I, sorry, but I do was intimidated. Can you let him? Like, Sorry, no, but I remember that because I was intimidated by Paul Tracy. I, um, the watched, horn. Well, yeah, watching him uh, racing, and he's always, man, he was really aggressive, but he always crashed. And I was like, I hope one day he doesn't crash me. <laughs> no, but it's a true story. We were in Toronto, and uh, I remember Tony Bettenhausen saying, I, I, don't, I think it was, it was between top 10 or something like that, and uh, he made a mistake, and uh, I passed him, and I'm like, yes, okay, great. So all of a sudden, I see the, the green cars coming, and Tony Bettenhaus like, hey, Paul Tracy's coming, man. Paul Tracy's coming. I was like, I know, man. I know, man. I don't know what to do now, man. So in turn one, he just put the nose like, go, man. You go. You go. I don't know. See, you were smarter than me. Well, actually, three it was laps. that same race. I got, no, Vancouver was. Uh, it was, it was uh, Toronto. But three laps later, he crashed. So, and uh, he, I was like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> PT scarred me for life on that Vancouver race because it was, you know, obviously he took me out under the green flag, but he hit me three times under the yellow. <laughs> and I thought I was just seeing things. I'm, a, I'm like trying to save fuel, and my car went, huh? I was like, what did I hit? And 
Thanks, BT. I remember in La Laguna, you, bro. Laguna as well, Laguna Sick, I was in the pit lane. And remember Laguna was always full of like, you know, elevations and uh, coming out of the pits, I were like, kind of like I was behind him. And I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass him because I know it's gonna be a problem if I, if, I, if I stay behind him. So all of a sudden, one of the elevation made my car turn. And I literally, literally took him out in the pit lane. Babe, and I'm like, man, he's gonna kill me, but thank God he, uh, <laughs> Cause you call, you call, you know what happened. You, you deserve it. You deserve it. <laughs> and for those who may be watching while they're streaming, and I don't know if you could hear Paul, he was saying how he got taken out, but he was fined fifty thousand dollars for that action. One of the beauties of, of the IndyCar series, you run on super speedways, you run on. The short ovals like this weekend here at Phoenix, you run on the permanent road courses, the temporary street circuits. What do you each consider your strong suit? I would say for me, uh, for some reason, in the first two years that I came to the series, uh, I was really bad in the mile ovals. And, and I started that last in 98 and 99 in Milwaukee. And actually I got told by uh, an engineer uh, that maybe ovals were not my thing. And I guess I had to prove was this person. No, it was not Eric. <laughs> if it was Eric, he wouldn't be here. <laughs> I'm not going to mention names. But um, I think my, obviously, I, uh, I succeed a lot. And I, I feel really comfortable in, in my ovals, short ovals. And ovals, actually, would, which is amazing because it was in my background. How about you, Elio? Yeah, I, I kind of enjoy the, the the ovals as well, but I think you know I've my my strength. I think it's a it's three course, and um, a little bit of short ovals are pretty darn good. And um, but I, but it's obviously um, in then road courses. You're just saying you're good at everything. Well, you said it. No road <laughs> course, I I still getting there. But uh, I tell you, I enjoy really much Indianapolis. Indianapolis is a type of place that uh, is a short oval road street course. It's kind of like really difficult. To put it together, it looks looks easy, but it's not. So um, probably, yeah, uh, Indy probably is one of the places I feel very comfortable. Combining all of these different elements, and Tony, you won a championship, I think it was in 2004. You were contending for a championship two years later, and it hasn't always been peaches and cream between <laughs> these guys. And uh, I want to show you a video clip of Chicagoland in 2006. Oh, and I don't know if I'm going to have to get between the well, two of them or not, but let's yeah. see what the video says here. <laughs> Elio Castroneves is on the move, guys, trying to get his way back to the lead pack. Whoa! Whoa! He just got passed for position. Elio's 100% back in it now. That chain of circumstances led to I guess I could safely say a strained relationship between you two. What happened? Tell yeah, us about it. Depends. Uh, Who are you going to ask first? <laughs> <clears throat> we didn't speak for two and a half years after that. I think Actually, that qualifies as a strained relationship. Uh, yeah. As a matter of fact, we, uh, we never talked about it. No, and it's probably not going to be tonight. Um, yeah. I, tell, <laughs> I tell you one thing. It was, uh, you want to talk about it? No. <laughs> I tell you one thing, it was, uh, as you can see, I was getting very angry, I was trying to, like, you gotta, you gotta 
we're not going you anywhere. were trying or you, you did I, I have to do something I gotta get, come back and uh, uh, unfortunately, that was not the issue that uh, not winning the championship, but certainly uh, it put us a little back behind on the on the curveball there for the championship. But in the end of the day, uh, it was uh, I We're guess just hold down. We don't care. We we the rivalry got into him and myself, and a little more into him, you know. But uh, and I was mad. I was really mad. I'll I said, tell my no, version. I'm not gonna talk to you. Uh, I'm super mad, and, and, and that's it. And from there on, it was really weird, to be honest. They're going down the pit lane. I mean, come on. It's no, the photo, I remember we had a photo shoot to do a, in Daytona. And they, uh, typical, because you're not talking to, to each other, the photographer goes, okay, Tony Elliott, you guys, right beside each other, you guys can walk. And it was so awkward because... So it was really... You know, he cannot laugh. Like, he just, he laughs all yeah. the time. And, and I'm like, it was stupid. But I think... You know, what happened there, uh, you know, Elio had the best virgin. Uh, we, we talked about this a couple times. But he says, which I have to probably ask my wife about that, that I'm very, or my best friends, they're sitting in that table. I don't apologize very often. And he says that, uh, you know, obviously he wasn't expecting me to apologize for what happened. But there, I think uh, I was not going for the championship. He was actually, I was out of the championship hunt. So what he was saying there for me to help him out was like not to give him as much of a, a, hard, a hard time. And in a, in a track like that, in a pack race that we used to be, running side by side was the least what you, what you wanted it to do. And I made sure that I ran enough that he was not going to catch. I don't remember who was leading. It was, so yeah. it made him really mad. And we actually never talked about it unless actually is in public like this. And we... Just one day, I, I don't even remember how, we just started talking again like nothing had happened. And I think it was really weird because, again, in, uh, time, time obviously passed by. and I'm like, you know what? It's already over, so let's just move on. And, and when we, we picked up one day. We just said hi to each other, and we picked up from where we left off. And we're glad you did. <laughs> All right, let's leave that in the shadows over here in the back alley. Fan question posed by Betsy. We know you're gifted drivers, athletes, and fathers, what are you not good at? Tony, do you want to kick that off? Math. As you can see, <laughs> 2009, when I was going through my, my ordeal, it was like people saying, like, yeah, you're the bad guy. I was like, I don't even know how to make math here. I don't even know how to make counts. What are you guys talking about? You know, so, but, uh, and when my daughter comes, says, Dad, help me out on, on math. I said, like, talk to your mom. Talk, go talk to your mom. <laughs> um, I'm not sure. I'm not saying I'm good at I, I, Probably apologizing sometimes, it's, uh, it's hard. How about you, Elio? Um, what I'm not good at it. I'm always trying to, you know, I'm always thinking some, you know, somebody's wearing uh, my shoes in what situation it would be. So I'm always worried about what people are going to think instead of like, you know what, this is the right way or the wrong, or the wrong way. Um, so I should be more like, you know what, just be a little more selfish and think in your own way. So I wish I would be better on that. that was, those are the things that I thought. Interesting. Speaking, uh, we mentioned Steve Horn a bit earlier in Tasman Motorsports and how incremental he was in the development of the amazing careers of these two. Uh, we've got some video here from ah, Steve cool. down under. Let's check it out. Hello, Elio and Tony. 20 years in IndyCar racing. 
20 years. Really, that is just unbelievable. But seriously, guys, uh, you've had a fantastic career to date. Multiple Indy 500 wins, championship wins, lots and lots of race wins. Hey, even Dancing with the Stars. And Tony is a triathlete of extraordinary ability. It's been really fun uh, watching your careers evolve as uh, the years have gone by. And uh, I always think back to our first days out at the famous gong show at Firebird Raceway. Um, Elio, remember when you went out there to do your uh, initial 10 laps and you came in, I think, after five or six and uh, stopped in the pit lane? And I thought, what's wrong with Elio? Took your helmet off and you were actually in tears. I, I didn't realize and you hadn't told anybody you had some severely... Uh, bruised ribs from an accident the week before and you just couldn't stand the pain and uh, you thought you'd uh, you'd blown the deal but I could see straight away that uh, you were going to be extremely fast and was going to be one of our drivers. Tony you went out and uh, as has been proven your first outlap was faster than anybody else your braking was definitely way deeper than anybody else and uh, instantly again I could see within two or three laps you were going to be one of our on our team. We had a couple of great years in Indy Lights, uh, lots of uh, fun on the track and a few off-track discussions about uh, uh, how to deal with your teammates. One famous one for me that I always remember and love telling a story now is uh, Toronto. Both of you on the front row and uh, we sat down before the race and decided that whoever led into the first corner would lead the first lap. But uh, by the time he got to the end of the back straight, that deal had been uh, broken big time. Both of you in the wall, there was only one corner left on two cars and I was really upset, not only with the expense, but the fact that we'd blown a lot of championship points. I remember you were both walking down the pit lane towards me, saw the look on my face and turned away. But we had a great, great run together. Um, for me, it was a fantastic experience. Uh, Tony, you moved up to IndyCar with us and uh, Elio, we managed to to twist our dear friend Tony Bettenhausen's arm to get you a drive and uh, look where you are today. So it's just been a fantastic thing for myself and for Christine and uh, look forward to many more years uh, watching your race and uh, we'll be watching this weekend. Oh, that was awesome. That was nice. Oh, that, was that, really nice. Cool. that was a tough That was a tough one, actually. Yeah, Steve, back. Steve was tough. And then actually the guy that hit Elio was myself. It, you know, Elio was on the pole, I was second. and. I just, it was a brain fade. And I did not win, definitely like, we walked back and I saw his face. I, I, I went straight to my rental car and, and <laughs> Steve was that type of guy, you know. I remember, uh, you know, remember that dinner? We went to dinner at his house, the first dinner we had. And we sat at a table, it was just the two of us, Christine and himself, and we had, the meal we, we ate and it was time for dessert. He stood up and I thought he had gone to the bathroom, remember? And he never came back. <laughs> he went to sleep. He went to bed <laughs> without saying anything. So that was Steve for you. I'm like, Christina, should we wait? No, no, he went to bed. I'm like, how about, how about like, a good wow. night? Yeah. <laughs> but Sweet that dreams. Was, that was Steve. Sweet <laughs> dreams, bro. <laughs> Well, we had the fan question from Betsy. We heard from Steve Horn. There's a member out in the audience who I believe is seated at this table right over here who uh, would like to come forward and pose a question for you two. So, unnamed person. Oh, boy. Coming out of the shadows. Oh, look, it's Dario Franchitti. The Franchitti. 
You want to take this microphone? Thanks, Gary. Good evening, everybody. Oh, TK, you look very smart. Thank you. I'm surprised. Well, yeah, normally, yeah. you know, I know this is my wife's pants. My wife's pants. I if, if we had to talk about before, before, before the event, why do you think I came I like that? Because you expect him to be in a tie or very unpensky like. Or like oh. Yeah, is Roger? Roger, are you watching this on Facebook? Yeah. What's up with that, man? Sandra, it, it's Puma. I mean, it's our sponsor. So this is, this as, is, as you can see, uh, yeah. this is our not, sponsor. This is not Penske material right here. Huh? Um, so, you know, most of the, the stories I have about Canaan, well, we can't really talk about because we're on Facebook. Tony's wife's in the audience, so... <laughs> she knows. <laughs> no, she doesn't. <laughs> well, well, it depends. Um, <laughs> so, we don't want to talk the retirement word. Everybody talks to you about retirement. But, when you guys retire... Because I mean, 20 years now, Chilton was six when you started in IndyCar. Wow. Colton Herta wasn't even born. Wasn't even born. Oh man. So what are you guys going to do? Obviously, you're going to do your Vin Diesel tribute act. <laughs> what are you going to do? What's what, what retirement going to hold eventually? I don't know. I, I might be selling cars. You know, right now, we, by the way, we have. Oh, here we go. We have a dealership in New Holland, uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, if you guys want a good deal. Talk what kind me. of cars do you sell? It's Toyota, uh, the Chrysler family, and Ford. So it's good, huh? It's pretty good, yeah. No, it's, it's I'm going to go, when I retire, and go work for Elio and his <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, Tom Wurz is working for us now. That's pretty good, huh? So um, anyway, they, any, and I think I'm going to have to learn a little bit uh, how to sell the cars, and hopefully I do think I have the best teacher in-house. I'll talk I to Chip, and I'll just take your job. No, you won't. <laughs> Steve Horn said, you still haven't learned. 20 years later, you still break too late and too hard. Huh? Um, so, Elio, the, the big question that we've all been mm. asking, thinking about for years, what do you use in your hair? He won't tell you. I mean, right. really, right? It's never moved. It hasn't moved in 20 years. It's a little long right now because um, the, the hairline is going backwards. The, the but, forehead uh, is getting bigger, but it that's is, the it curse is. of I, all of us. I noticed that on the video. Have you seen his dad? Yes. <laughs> it's going to be exactly the same. I think... What is um, it? No, answer which, the question. Just answer the question. Well, what I, are you I, using no, I will about, if you let me. Jeez. Um, in which, in which sense? You, you mean the product? Well, I'm not talking about the hair dye. Okay. clearly, okay. you know, I've got gray... You got the gray. TK's got gray. Yeah. PT's got nothing but gray. Doesn't look like gray. No, he does. He does. He, does. Because yeah, he gave me now, most but... of them. But okay. Here's... Well, oh, what do you use? There is a product called Bad Headed, and uh, it's kind of like what? Bad Headed. Bad Headed. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a guys, baby. Do you know that? Do you know that product, Lauren? Oh, Bad Head. Yeah, Bad Head. Sorry, I thought it was headed. As you can see, I'm literally. But anyway, it's a it's a kind of a wax, and uh, it's pretty simple. I people think I spend half an hour taking care of my hair. It trust me, it takes about 30 seconds. You go like one, two, three. What is it? Is it a, like you put it in your hand? Huh? No, it's just a tube and just a. <laughs> you don't you don't you don't polish your helmet with that. Got it. Just got it. Tell you. Got it. Just a tube. Let's go like this, and got that's it. it. <laughs> Simon, he's all yours, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Good, good luck with that, brother. Uh, so um, anyway, that's it. That's it. That's it. Nothing okay. more. I mean, honestly, Tiki, all the stories I have and the questions. We cannot talk no, about we them. we can't. So, because, yeah, there's always your turn next. So, and you, you made some threats to me earlier. So I'll just yeah, you. No, please. I won't. No, go no, ahead. No, no, no. But anyway, I just would like to say 20 years, guys. I mean, really, really impressive, both of you, to be so successful and be so quick. 
at such an old age. And I know, and I'm, all, I'm almost as old as you are, TK. TK, does anybody actually know how old TK is? Because he lies about his age. He's got his little buddy in the DMV in Miami who gives him like a 1975 Yeah, Carlos, Carlos. Carlos, he's got a name. Every year he brings it back like 75, 76. I'm, I'm he's like, he should work for you. you. can wind the odometer back in the car. Actually, you shouldn't because you've no, already no, had no, your no, support. No, don't, don't, don't even go there. <laughs> But yeah, thank you guys. It's, Thanks, man. It's been so fun no, we, to watch. I you. thank you, to be honest, because um, you being a, such a tough competitor, man, it was, uh, it was tough. We had some follow too, didn't we? Yes, that's right. Yeah, we, did. Yeah, we did. We did. But oh. I appreciate um, you also made me uh, a much better driver. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you, boys. Well, I, I can't, if I'm going to start talking I'm not about talking you, to you anymore. Turn the minutes, microphone so. down, please. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I, I won't. But I love thank you, you, you guys. Thank you, Dario. We, we've touched on Indianapolis. Let's talk specifics about Indianapolis. And the first time you ran at the Big Oval, what was it like? Um, I did the year before I did, and actually... Yeah, I, I, right I remember coming first. back from um, a Chicago race, um, and Gilles was supposed to test, but he broke his finger. And they said, okay, Elio, you go and do the test. And wasn't with Tim Penske, it was actually with Treadway team. And, and basically when I jumped in the car, I asked um, how was the lap time? And they said about Mon Pablo did a 224 on pole position or, or, or on pole day. And I'm like, all right, so no kind of like reference. And I remember I couldn't go more than a 190. And I'm like, man, this is really tough. And I remember turning the car, it was, I mean, I was scared to turn. And I stopped in the pits, I was like, something is really, Difficult to turn here. I, I don't know if the car will happen. It was also a different car. It was IRL back then from Champ Car. It was a little bit uh, uncomfortable. So I keep 190, 194 and struggling. I said, guys, you better go to the pad because this thing, something's wrong. Well, back then we had the fax machines and when they send the setup to the fax machine, one of the numbers was cut out on the front wing and actually we have about 10% of front wing. So that was perfect for Dixon. It was for the. <laughs> it was be understeer for him. <laughs> I realized that was it was obviously it was so wrong. After they fixed that, I was able to okay back to the 220 and to 218 and things like that. I was like, Phew. so I guess for me it was really intimidating the first time when I was there, and probably was a good thing because and then I, I respect this place till this day. Tony, what was it like? Or what is it like when? You're out there practicing, you're out there qualifying, and then race day, you've got a full field of 33, and that mass of humanity, and you look down into turn one, and you know you gotta baby hold that thing to the floor, and all the turbulence from all the cars, how much, how much different is that than when you're just out there running laps, getting comfortable with the setup? That's something that I don't know if I'll be able to describe for somebody that, haven't be, that hasn't been part of the race, because I couldn't understand that the first year. You know, when I, I, my first year was 2002, uh, and, and I remember people saying that to me, you know, like, this track will be different, it'll be different when you walk into Gasoline Alley race day, the grandstands are going to be full, and you see, to me, the track was so much nearer race day with all these people in the grandstands, and then I was lucky I only started, I started in the second row, so I didn't have that much turbulence, <laughs> which I know because I started that last few years later, and that is turbulence. <laughs> but um, it, it, that place is, 
it's special, it's magical. It's, I, I kept saying over the years, it's the track picks the winner. It's like, it doesn't matter what you have, how good or how bad it is during the month, during the race, it, it doesn't matter. All of a sudden, things take a turn and, and it's either there or not. And I had my fair share of not. But, you know, it's, uh, it's magical. It's, it's, you know, the, I remember because I had promised myself. I remember I used to watch that race with my dad and, you know, dreaming about winning. And so when I first came to America, the series already had split. And I promised that I was not going to actually put my foot inside the speedway if I was not going to race. And the first time I did it was in 2002 because I was going to race. That was your first time? Oh, yeah. I hadn't seen the speedway. Obviously on TV, but not. No, I promise I was not going to go in if I was not going to drive. We know there's drama on race day, of course. Sometimes there's drama in qualifying. And we've got a video clip here from 2003. <laughs> Brutally windy, crosswind, nasty conditions. And you two guys had one amazing shootout for the pole. Let's look at it. Awesome. We have crosswinds up to 30 miles an hour, and that could be cause for concern by a number of these drivers. Tony, can the pole position. Hey boys, we're back, guys, we're back. Coming at us, and the checkered flag is out. He's on the pole. <laughs> I tell you, Tony is, uh, he was really strong and, uh, basically, uh, we didn't want to be very tough to beat. If you want to take a chance, this is the place to take a chance. How much of a white knuckle ride was that? I was pissed. Oh, man, that was... <laughs> you know he did a good job when Rick Mears come to you and said, like, that was good. I was like, yes. <laughs> Mr. Mears comes to me and said that was impressive. I was like, it was Gusto. We actually, uh, in the shop, we, uh, we kept the flag that was in the pagoda. And the flag is completely like in, in pieces, like three or four pieces because of the gust wind that was so strong and probably the, the, the amount of the, the cold weather and everything. So it was really tough. I, was, I remember when he did the laps, like, there was, man, this is going to be tough. We got to take, take everything out. And... Uh, and we did it. We did it. really took a chance. Um, I remember playing with the bars, and it was a very, very strong one. And that was that um, was one of my actually uh, uh, proudest moments. You know, when you really go to a place that if you gotta do it. I, I remember I didn't breathe for at least two laps. Uh, it was, uh, I don't have that problem. I, oh, you don't have that problem? No, nah, <laughs> I can't do four laps without breathing. <laughs> so it was really tough, but it was um, it was a proud moment. We know that Indy represents the pinnacle of success in this sport. Elio, you won it in 2001, 2002, 2009. Tony, you broke through and got the victory, what, four years ago in 2013. Let's uh, enjoy a few of the victory lane moments between these two at Indianapolis. Elio Castroneves wins the 85th Indianapolis 500 mile race. I'm amazed. I mean, this crowd is unbelievable, and I'm just so happy to win it. I've been dreaming of this. 
sick Indianapolis 500. We did it again. We did it again. What a job, huh? The three-time winner's club. There's a brand new member, and his name is Elio Castro Neves. Let's celebrate now. Yeah, baby. Lucas first, Tony Kanaan. Contact yellow is out. You're now a winner of the Indianapolis 500, my friend. I'm speechless, I think, Vince. This is it, man. I made it. Finally, I'm going to put my ugly face in that trophy. Tony used the term magical, and I think you get a sense of that. And, of course, you know, we love this sport. We love Indianapolis. And, and all the things that go with it. As an outgrowth of winning that race, what are the best opportunities that have come to each of your lives that may be directly attributed to winning the Indy 500? Um, well, I am where I am today, running for one of the best teams in IndyCar because of that. Because until then, we had a very small team. There was a team that, you know, we, we fought really hard to actually, that year, we're not going to finish the year. We didn't have enough budget to do it. Jimmy uh, and I and Sully were struggling to find the funding and uh, winning that race changed my life, changed my career again. And I'm very fortunate of that. And, and we were talking at the table with McCain and, and the NTT guys. We met the night before that race, which they were not even my sponsors at the time. I had a story with Chip for many years that you know, I regretted uh, saying no to him a few years back. Then Dario got the job. And uh, so, yeah, it changed my life in many ways, in many ways, apart from uh, fulfilling my lifetime dream, my promise to my dad, uh, it kept me going and I'm, I'm still here. So uh, it can't be any more special than that. How about you, Elio? Oh, besides uh, opening the door for Dancing with the Stars, you know, that... Uh, <laughs> I think that I still love that yellow coat. I know it was, it was incredible. <laughs> I still have it, and I do fit on that one too. Um, what are you trying to say? That I'm in good shape. Oh, okay. All right. So uh, that was a good comeback. Yeah, baby. Uh, but uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty much the same. Today I'm with Tim Penske, um, obviously uh, because we have the same, same goals, and we want to achieve something that probably um, want to be part of history. And I think only three guys, and one of them is here, which is Rick Mears winning four. So um, uh, today, uh, pretty much the same. I, uh, my, my name changed. They don't call me the uh, Castroneves. They call me the, the Indy 500 champ. And, uh, and I think every time you, you achieve that goal, especially in that race, everybody can say the same thing. And, of course, we've talked a lot about Indianapolis and what it represents, but, of course, it's a season that's full of different challenges, and one of them is this weekend on the mile here at Phoenix International Raceway. The unique dogleg on the backstretch, yeah. what kind of a challenge does that offer to a, a, a driver, a veteran driver, a young driver? It used to be a little harder. Now it's not so bad. Um, I, I actually enjoy the, the track that used to be back then. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I... I for us, it's not much of a difference, is it? You asking me a question? Well, yeah. Is it? I think, I don't know. I prefer the old layout of the track, to be honest. But this is just, actually, for us, it's not really a corner. But it, 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 it actually, the way they did that corner now, you have less of a chance of passing. Passing, yeah. You know, going into turn three. But Having competed now at, what, St. Pete, Long Beach, and at Barber in Alabama last weekend, 
do you welcome a chance to get back on an oval? Oh yeah, I, I, yes, I can't wait to be back. Oh yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's great to be back in this place. Uh, hopefully it will be a very good race. I know the Honda guys were sandbagging now in the spring training, yeah, very right. good boys, well done, uh, but it's okay. We got the uh, we got the good car too, so uh, we can. We make know that. Happen. <laughs> now, for me, this this track was my first Indy car win. It was the first win for Honda, it's, uh, so I have a lot of good memories here. So it's uh, it's a good place. Well, we look forward to it. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, let's say thank you to two amazing legends, 20 years in our sport, doing marvelous things. Thank you. Tony, Elio, thank you so very much. Thank you, thank Gary. You I want to thank you all of you guys. Uh, this is very, very nice, especially in the car. Uh, the entire team, uh, marketing team, that put this together for, uh, for us. As I said, he started TK20, and I came along the way, you know. Uh, so I still don't know why he want to make a big deal of it. But to be it's honest. my problem. I know. But no, but my point is this is uh, very touch. Uh, it's an it's, uh, incredible feeling to be here and see all of the friends and this is a family. IndyCar Series is a family, and uh, uh, hopefully we're going to be seeing each other for many, many more years. Thank you, guys. Thank my teammates for coming. I know uh, you guys think this is painful. I, <laughs> I feel you, but thank you. Thank boss, Mike, everybody, John. Great ambassadors of the sport, and we thank you for thank you. 20 years of memories. Thank you. Stay put. Don't run away. Mark Miles has got a presentation here. Gary, great job. I don't know how you got these guys to open up like that. <laughs> you might have pulled in the bridle a little bit when they got into polishing the helmets. but Sorry. Um, that's that, that's, that, uh, that's uh, It is what it is. Anyway, I know for me and for everybody here and for those watching, uh, this was a special evening. To have you guys open up, really open up, and uh, share those thoughts was fantastic. Uh, this is not, we've got something for you. This is a special time. It's not the retirement time. So you're going to get a time piece, but it's the penultimate one. You get another one someday in the future when... That's when it's, when it's over. It's, when, it's, when it's retirement time. <laughs> that's when, that's it, buddy. You've got to get out of here. <laughs> but our friends at Tag Heuer have, have uh, allowed us to present these to you. Right. These are special edition Indy limited watches. Well, These are two you. of only 500 around the world. They have the steel bracelet, the Indy logo on the dial, wow. the, and, the, uh, and the rest wow. of the watch. So oh, that's sorry. from the 102nd. And Thank we you. hope you guys have a great May. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks for so sharing with us. Tonight. Thank you. Cool. Now I can use it. I don't have a, uh, a watch deal, so I can use this. <laughs> That's going to be great. To look Thank you all for later. being here. We'll see you at the track tomorrow. Guys, thanks, thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Thank you. Mark. Appreciate that. That was great. Thank you very much. Good Gary. Job.